If you can think of a reason to worship and praise God, go ahead and do it. The hundred number of psalm reads, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Heavenly Father, we have come on this day to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is our hope and desire that our worship will be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, we pray that you will Forgive us for all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For we do confess our iniquities. We pray, Lord, for a mighty movement of your spirit. We pray, Lord, that you will work through this worship, especially in regards to those, in regards to those who are not saved. We bless your name. We thank you for another day's journey. We thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you for this opportunity. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And we say amen. Go ahead and give God a hand of praise. We greet each of you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. If there be any guests or visitors among us, please know that you're always welcome here at the St. John Missionary Baptist Church. I want you to know also that if you're in need or desire salvation or church membership, there are forms uh, that's behind the pew in front of you that you can utilize and then afterwards insert them in the offering basket, give it to an usher or to the person at the front desk. We are here to worship God in a mighty way. Our message today you will find it in the ninth number of Psalm. At this moment, let's worship good. And then after the singing, I shall return with a word from the Lord. Good morning, St. John. This is a day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. How many come to give the Lord some praise this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We come to give God praise on this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
stay in the mind frame of worship. Hallelujah. When we come into his presence, we humble ourselves. Hallelujah. We lift up our hands and begin to worship him. Hallelujah.
And Father, as we stand again, we need preaching power in order to preach, addressing the needs of this waiting congregation. Speak, Lord. Speak through us and for us. And among us we pray. Amen. Many feel good when others know their name. This is especially true when someone of importance knows their name. Knowing the names of people can be good, but knowing the name of the Lord is always good. Knowing his name is the title of today's message. Everybody repeat those three words, knowing his name. This sermonic title is biblically based for Psalm 9, verse 10, the ninth number of Psalm, verse 10, is our sermonic text. And it reads, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. In reading Psalm 9, verse 10, we are encouraged to trust the Lord and to seek the Lord. Trusting the Lord indicates that we know him. For we notice in verse 10 where it says, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. Seeking the Lord prevents us from being forsaken by him. We see in the B portion of verse 10 where it, it reads, For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Today we are focusing on the A portion of this verse. David, the writer, said that we will put our trust in the Lord if we know his name. In other words, knowing God's name enables us to trust him. That is the key idea for today's message. Everybody repeat. Knowing God's name enables us to trust him. If that agrees with your spirit, go ahead and show it by giving God some praise. What do we need to trust God for? I mean, in times like these, there is so much that we are faced with. So what do we need to trust God for? 
first of all, and I would say most importantly, we need to trust God for salvation. Everybody say salvation. Salvation is people's greatest need. Without question, many would disagree with me. A lot of people would disagree because they do not see themselves as being lost. Many do not even believe in God. I encountered a man last Thursday at the gym who practically cursed God. He said to me, that he did not want to hear me say anything that day about God because his brother died the previous night. Whether people recognize their need for salvation or not, I strongly contend that salvation is people's greatest need. Anybody in agreement with me? People will never be saved if they fail to trust God for salvation. For instance, atheists, like the man I encountered last Thursday, will never be saved as long as they deny that God exists. To be saved, people must believe that God is real. Also, to be saved, people must believe in God through Jesus Christ. Uh, this simply means that Jesus is the way to God. John chapter 14, verse 6 reads, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. A parallel scripture is recorded in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, which reads, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. When people believe in God through Jesus Christ, salvation can be an easy process. Some of my favorite scriptures about salvation I would like to share with you. One is John 3.16. I think many of us know it. Why don't you say it with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 reads, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 reads, For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves, uh, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, 
but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 reads, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. If you're blessed by those scriptures, show it by praising God. Of course, the Bible contains a plethora of additional scriptures about salvation. The ones that I mentioned are just a tip of the iceberg. In general, people have to trust God for salvation. My beloved, we're not saved by what we do. We're not saved by water baptism. We are not saved by church attendance. We're not saved even because we tithe. We are saved because we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. <laughs> Secondly, we need to trust God for survival. Everybody say survival. My dream and desire has always been to thrive. Anybody dream and desire about thriving. Nonetheless, we are living in perilous and unprecedented times that many find to be a challenge just to survive. A particular study states that globally, catch this, almost two deaths occur per second. 107 deaths occur per minute. That means that hundreds have died since we've been in here. 6,390 deaths occur per hour. That means once we depart from here, over 6,000 people have died. 153,000 deaths occur per day. If we make it to the end of this day, we will do better than 153,000 people. And 56 million deaths occur per year. Every year that God bless you to experience a birthday, you experience something that 56 million people did not experience. I think God is worthy of some praise right now. Even though a lot of these deaths are the result of natural causes, many of them are not. In many of these deaths, people were not able to survive. People are trying to survive from so much. Don't let the devil trick you and have you focusing on just a virus. People are trying to survive from a whole lot of issues. Floods, fires, yes, viruses, diseases, illnesses, poverty, uh, unemployment, homelessness, uh, food, water, drought, 
energy, air pollution, and the list goes on and on. Charles Darwin, uh, who is known for his theory of evolution, promoted a concept called uh, the survival of the fittest. The survival of the fittest was Darwin's way of describing the mechanism of natural selection. It is the natural process by which organisms uh, best adjusted to their environment are most successful in surviving and reproducing. Now, we know that is from uh, a perspective of anthropology. Today, many describe the survival of the fittest as those who are better equipped for surviving from a spiritual perspective. Somebody shall I preach the Bible. Those who are better equipped for surviving are those who have God in their lives. Yes. I realize that if Darwin was alive today, he would disagree with me. But hear this, I'm not a scientist, I am a preacher. Viewing this from, or through spiritual lens, the survival of the fittest are believers who live trusting God. So if you are a believer and your life is focused on trusting God, you are among the survival of the fittest. Come on. Simply put, we have to trust God in order to survive. Remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Remember, we are not to lean on our own understanding, but we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, acknowledging him in all of our ways, uh, trusting that he shall direct our paths. God is the only one who can see us through all the madness that we are faced with. Is there anybody other than this preacher who is often faced with a whole lot of madness? Well, I need you to know whatever you're going through, God is the only one who can see you through that door. Do you believe what I'm saying right now? Two scriptures come to my mind that are encouraging in regards to survival. One is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 24. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 24 says, And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always. Catch this that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. Anybody recognize that the Lord has kept you alive? How many of you recognize that? 
Another scripture is found in Psalm 138, verses 6 through 8. I'll read it uh, from the ESV Bible. It reads, For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly. Catch that. Look at the ones God protects, the lowly. We're talking about the humble. But the haughty he knows from afar. People who are arrogant have less chances of survival than those who are humble. Verse 7, though I walk in the midst of trouble. Anybody ever walk in the midst of trouble? The songwriter said, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purposes for me. And I need to encourage somebody with that because regardless to whatever you are faced with, you're not leaving here until the Lord says so. And I need for you to recognize that you, if you are a believer, God has a purpose for your life. And the scripture is saying in this 138th number of Psalm, verse 8, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for you. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Both of these scriptures teach us that we can trust God for survival. How the three Hebrew boys survived the, the fiery furnace illustrates well what I am trying to convey. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego survived the fiery furnace because they trusted God. Likewise, my beloved, we can survive any situation as long as we are trusting God. Thirdly, we need to trust God for success. Everybody say success. Success is a natural inclination for most people. In other words, most people desire success. Even though our energy is almost depleted in our struggles to survive, uh, this does not stop us from desiring success. Uh, who in here other than this pastor has a desire for success? Actually, our desire for success is often the motivating factor that propels us to survive. On a positive, despite the perils and problems that we are encountering, success is still viable. Everybody repeat those words, it's still viable. People can still experience success uh, even in a dark age as this. Therefore, I stand today to share with all of you, my beloved, don't give up. Will you look at somebody right now and just say, don't give up? Tell that neighbor next to you, say, I don't care what you're going through. Don't give up. My beloved, don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on your desire for success. Instead, keep hope alive concerning your destiny of success. And always remember, as a child of God, you can do all things 
through Christ, which strengthens you. Come on and put some more hands together. Not only is success viable, but also success is often inevitable. Being on the Jesus team. Everybody say, the Jesus team. Now this time, shout it out so the folk who are watching online can, can hear you. Everybody shout out, the Jesus team. The, being on the Jesus team is always the winning team. The Jesus team is undefeated. We're talking about over 2,000 years of victory. No one, not even Satan, has ever defeated Jesus. So if we want to be on the winning team, we should choose to be on the Jesus team. When on the Jesus team, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. When on the Jesus team, we are more than conquerors uh, uh, through him that loved us. When we are on the Jesus team, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Uh, let me just probe for a moment. Uh, 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 who in here is uh, on the Jesus team? If you are on the Jesus team, success is inevitable. Remember, you cannot lose when on the Jesus team. Although success is often inevitable, success is usually the result of much hard work. Everybody say hard work. With the exception of a scanty amount of cases, uh, most people, uh, hear this, uh, uh, labored assiduously before experiencing success. They had to work their way up from the bottom of the ladder before making it to the top of the ladder. I need some witnesses. I need some help. Uh, how many of you sitting here today, you, didn't, you, you weren't just born on the level that you're on right now. But you, 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 had to, you, you, you went through some things. You, you had to work your way up. Uh, how many of you know something about grassroots level, know something about being the bottom? Like how many of you know something about rock bottom? Come on and talk back to me, somebody. Their, their success was not a pie in the sky. Their pie, catch me on this one, had to go through some heat and then cool off <laughs> before it became deliciously good. Come on and talk back to me, somebody. <laughs> Among all that I have said, we must trust God for success. Look at somebody and just say, trust God. Success is a blessing and blessings come from God. Blessings are not by chance. Blessings are not an act of luck. Blessings come from God. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, every good gift 
And every perfect gift, help me Bible readers, is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God promised Joshua success as a reward for obeying him. My beloved, when you and I are obedient to God, God will reward us with success. It's in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. I'm almost done. Where Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And look at the last part of that verse. And then thou shalt have good success. Hence, my beloved, we see the ligament between God and success. In summation, we have to trust God for success. I need to move into this conclusion, but I can't get there unless you got it so far. If you got it so far, show it by a good clapping of the hand. Today's message is entitled, Knowing His Name. Can y'all talk back to me a little bit? I know you're masked. I know you're wearing these masks, but I need to hear you a little bit. Everybody, just repeat those three words. Knowing His Name. You know, knowing His Name is about knowing Him. We can't know his name uh, if we don't know him. Our sermonic text is recorded in Psalm 9, verse 10, which states, uh, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thy Lord has not forsaken them uh, that seek thee. Our key idea today is as follows. Knowing God's name enables us to trust him. I need y'all to echo those words. And I want you to say it loud enough so that everybody that's viewing right now online can hear you. Repeat, everybody, knowing God's name enables us to trust him. If that agrees with your spirit, go ahead and give God some praise. We discussed what we need to trust God for in a threefold manner. One, we need to trust God for salvation. Two, we need to trust God for survival. And three, we need to trust God for success. If you got those three words, I need you to throw them back at me. Number one, we need to trust God for what? Number two, we need to trust God for what? And then number three, we need to trust God for what? Oh, go ahead and give God some praise. Y'all doing well. Jesus made it possible <laughs> for people to know God's name. My brothers and my sisters, it all happened one Friday. 
Somebody shout out one Friday. This sermon would be remiss if I failed to say something about Good Friday. I don't care where I preach from, Genesis to Revelation. If I fail to say something about Friday, I have failed to preach the gospel. So let me say again, it all happened one Friday. And it was on a hill that was called Calvary. On that hill stood an old rugged cross. On that cross, uh, uh, they stretched Jesus uh, out wide. And uh, they stood him high. He bled, uh, he suffered, uh, and uh, he died. After being buried for three days and three nights, Jesus rose uh, from the grave and it was early Sunday morning when he got up with all the power in heaven and in earth because he arose we can have a personal relationship with God because uh, he arose. We can have a right to the tree of life because uh, he arose. Uh, we can know his name. My brothers and sisters, uh, if there's one thing uh, that we need to know, we need to know his name. It's all right to know the name of the pastor. It's all right to know the name of the deacon. It's all right to know the name of the person sitting next to you. But most of all, we need to know the name of the Lord. Do I have a witness? His name is Jehovah Tiskanu, meaning he is our righteousness. His name is Jehovah Nisi, meaning he is a banner. His name is Jehovah Shammah, meaning he is uh, a present one. His name is Jehovah Roha, meaning he is uh, a shepherd. Uh, his name 
Shema is Jehovah Shalom, meaning uh, he is our peace. Uh, his name is Jehovah Rapha, meaning he is our healer. Uh, his name is Jehovah Jireh, uh, meaning he is uh, our provider. Let me deviate for a moment, and I need to ask the question, is there anybody up in the hair that knows the Lord as Jehovah Jireh? Uh, who in heaven uh, knows today uh, that the Lord will uh, sooner provide? Uh, I need to tell uh, somebody uh, that God will uh, provide. Uh, do I have a witness uh, uh, who in heaven? Know that you are alive because the Lord has provided. I come to tell you if you have to suffer, God will provide. If you have a long way to go, God will provide. If you have to climb up the right side of the mountain, God will provide if you have to be sick. God will provide if you have to press your way through a large crowd. God will sure provide if you have to go through the storm and go through the fire. God will. A provide if you have to bear your cross alone. A God will sooner provide if you have to go down before you go up. A God will provide if you feel discouraged. God will provide if you feel frustrated. God will provide if you feel lonely. God will provide if your back is up against the wall. God will provide if you're tired and all worn out. God will provide if you cannot see your way out. God will provide. Is there anybody up in hell that knows God will provide he may not come when you want him but he's always right on time for 27 years now God has provided for me to be the pastor of St. John 
so many predicted that I would not last five years. But by the grace of God, I'm still standing for 27 years. Ain't God alright? I've been sometimes up and sometimes down, sometimes leveled down to the ground. I've been lied on, I've been talked about, and I've been mistreated. But through it all, God has provided. I've had some rough moments, I've had some crying nights, but through it all, God has provided. I made it this long because my hand is in the Lord's hand. I have made it this long because I know his name. Is there anybody up in hand that knows the name of the Lord? There is a name I love the hymn. I love to sing its words. It sounds. I don't want to have church up in here. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name I know. It tells me of a Savior's love who died and set me free. It tells me of His precious blood. The sinner's a perfect plea. It tells me of the one whose loving heart can feel my deepest wound who in each sorrow bears upon that nothing bear below. Is there anybody that loves the Lord? Well, let me testify by saying, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Oh, St. John, good afternoon. It's been good standing here today, but before I let you go, is there anybody up in here that really loves the Lord? Who in here I said really loves the Lord? If you really 
day of love the Lord. Look at somebody. Look at your neighbor right now and say, neighbor, I love the Lord. He heard my cry. He pitied my heavy groan. Ain't God alright? I got a made of mind. Anybody up in heaven? I got a made of mind. I got a made of mind. That is long, long, long as I live and troubles rise. St. John family. We pray for the entire body of Christ. We pray for this entire world. Lord, I would like to make a special petition to you regarding our children. I pray for the safety of all of our children. Lord, if you don't do anything else for those of us who are adults, we've already done enough. But our children are innocent. They have a long way to go. As they are beginning a new term in school, it has been reported that conditions are not safe. I'm praying a covering of the blood of Jesus upon children all over this world. Have mercy, please. We do not know, for maybe this whole pandemic is a display of your wrath. But Lord, the children are innocent. 
So I'm praying that you'll cover them. Protect them, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, let them experience a good education. But let them be safe. Keep them safe. In the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that as we're about to bring our tithes and offerings, that you bless us in this experience. And I pray, Lord, that in our departure, that your spirit will continue to rest, rule, and abide with us all, henceforth and forevermore. And we say amen. If you were blessed, go ahead and show it by giving God a big hand of praise. Praise God. Let me say we want to clean our surroundings. Please continue to maintain social distancing. Utilize the restrooms unless you just have to. Continue to wear a mask, which now is mandated by our county. Please, no congregating after dismissal. We want to lift up some of our families that are in bereavement. The Johnson family. Deacon Rudy Johnson went home to be with the Lord. He was the beloved brother of our beloved Deacon Johnson, Lee Johnson. We're praying for that entire family. Praying for the Edwards family, for Deacon Calvin Edwards' father passed. Praying for the Carter family, Sister Frances Carter, sister, Steen Atkins, she passed. Let's keep these families in prayer. Be mindful that live streaming is available at 11 a.m. and thereafter. And hear this, I have no problem with, I want to make this clear, I have no problem with many of our parishioners who choose to view online. Because I understand, and at this point, it's only so many people that we can safely accommodate in the sanctuary anyway. So we say to all of our beloved parishioners that's viewing online, God bless you, I love you, I'm your pastor, and we're here to still serve you. Don't feel alienated just because you're not in person with us. Be mindful that our church school is at Wednesday, today at 2 p.m. and then Wednesday at 7 p.m. Those giveaway will be this Tuesday. Church Leadership Council will be online Tuesday at 6.30. Our ushers are doing a, an outstanding job. I don't, come on, yes, an outstanding job. I need, I need the congregation to know how appreciative we are for them. I don't ever want to embarrass them um, publicly or privately. I appreciate the work they're doing. I say to more of us, ushers need help. Uh, they can't do it all by themselves. Some of our ushers are serving both services. Um, if any of you could give one Sunday, two Sundays, so to help in the ushers, it would be much appreciated. Just see Deacon Hilliard here, the servant leader. Okay, at this time, we have somebody for the edification. Amen. Mother Lagan. Amen. Take your time. Don't, don't, don't trip. Yes. Uh, this is Pastor Edification Month. How befitting, because this wonderful church mother, she knew me when I was a teenager preaching. Amen. Go ahead, Mother.
Oh, God bless you, Mother. I wish I could give you a big kiss. God bless you. Thank you, Mother. Help me. Good morning, St. John family. Obedience to God, honor to our pastor, to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Again, these are our pastor's anniversary envelopes. I'm asking each member to grab an envelope. Let's show our pastor love because he's given and sacrificed so much. And let us do the same, sacrifice and give. Give from your heart. Give with love. And let's make it an action word. May God bless each and every one of you. Thank you. God bless you. Well done. Praise God. All right. It is blessing time. Y'all forgot how we used to do that. It's blessing time. All right. Some of y'all forgot. When I used to say it's blessing time, y'all would shout out hallelujah. So let's do it again. It's blessing time. All right. Let me say to all of us here, as well as those of you who are watching online, Amen. Continue to support your church through our tithes and our offerings. We want to give well. God bless you. People to my far right, please stand. From the rear, please come. After giving, you are dismissed. Now hear this, my beloved, while we can multitask. We want to do all we can while we can. We, 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 uh, we can only take one day at a time. We don't know how matters are going to be. Hear this, I don't want to be a messenger of bad news, but we don't even know if conditions will get bad so bad that then we have to shut down again. So we want to come to church as long as it's safe and enjoy worship as long as we can. And then if something happens, we'll be prepared for that. Amen, everybody? All right. I still encourage everybody to try to arrive 10 minutes before worship time. It makes it easier on the ushers to get you seated. The ushers are doing a wonderful job. They're doing all that they can, but they need your help. They need your help, and you can help by getting here early. Ushers and hospitality, they're doing a marvelous job. Come on, let's give God a hand of praise for the ushers and hospitality. You're doing a fabulous job. I appreciate it. This middle section, will you please stand? From the rear, please come. Dig it, let you help the lady in the back there. Help her. Yes. Thank you, ushers. Thank you. People on the balcony, take your time. I don't want you to fall.
everybody. I encourage everybody to be safe. Really, I need all of you. Be careful. It's reported that conditions are getting worse. I'm not trying to alarm us, but God gives us common sense too. Let's take care of ourselves, all right, everybody? Be safe. Don't put yourselves in harm's way.